Let's go ahead and wrap up this wonderful topic of the excellence, the more excellent way, love, the supremacy, the priority of love. And I want to begin our conclusion in Colossians. Then we'll move to 1 Peter. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection or the bond of oneness. Above all these things, kind of uh, beautiful things that are mentioned, right? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, forgiving one another, one to the other, the other to the one. But we're to put off the wrong thing and put on love, that put off, put on um, way of moving forward in the Christian life. Above all of these things, put on love, Colossians 3.14. Above these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. What a great list here. These are great things. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, you know, uh, just simply putting up with each other, people putting up with me, me putting up with others, forgiving one another. I mean, these are great things, but above all those, put on love. Because I think love really flows in tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Uh, let love be that covering, the vitality, the strength that kind of binds all these things together and brings them forth. First Peter 4, 8 has a, a similar thought. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. You know, and that's these are things that I uh, love in the counseling ministry and equipping counselors is that we want to have love for one another, love for those that we counsel. Counseling God's way is different than counseling um, and discipleship or mentorship. You know, mentorship can be done in a job situation and in the world. I love to use the word discipleship because that word is specific typically to uh, Christianity. But fiery, earnest love uh, keeps us from <laughs> hitting our heads with one another, um, you know, and that's great love. But uh, significant love is greater than just not bumping heads together. Uh, the abounding, fervent, earnest love that we have for one another, not a cold, lukewarm love that's uninvolved and aloof, but a fervent love. I always like to say apathy really is the... Uh, antithesis to love versus uh, something like, um, you know, hate versus love. I think, you know, apathy or uninvolved aloofness, lukewarmness, a coldness. I think that's even worse. First uh, Peter 4.8, love will cover a multitude of sins. And, um, you know, Jesus Christ, his love dying for us covers a multitude of our sins. And I think in an application, humanly speaking, um, you know, um, thinking of the love of a parent and a child. I mean, that covers a multitude of sins. I mean, I, I think of, you know, God's love for us, but, you know, he's our father. We're God's children. And you can earthly my mind goes to my parents. They loved me, and I was a pretty rebellious uh, kid. And, you know, my uh, boys, my girls, my children, I love them. My love covers a multitude of any kind of 
uh, issue because it's an it's a relationship. I mean, I, you know, I'm not looking to destroy a relationship because of things like that. And so it's forgiving. Uh, that's really love. Love covers a multitude of sin with friendships, co-workers, the body of Christ, your own family. Love covers a multitude of sin. We're first Peter four, eight to have fervent love for one another. It'll cover a multitude of sin. And so, yeah, although that in the Bible, there's, uh, there's a, a reproof and a rebuke and an admonition when I think of parenting and there's a need for all of that, but it is done out of love. There's a chastisement uh, out of love. And so uh, that doesn't stop you from loving somebody if you have to bring a word of admonishment. And so, but it's done out of love. And the same thing that we... We discussed earlier about Galatians 6, 1, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Uh, we don't ignore somebody overtaken in sin. We don't just cover it, sweep it under the rug and walk, walk away. It forgives in that sense that there's not a bitterness or enough, you know, walking around all offended and hurt. Um, you know, there is a restoration in the spirit of gentleness. And I think first Corinthians 13, eight kind of clarifies that love never fails. Uh, you can continue, uh, with love through a, a tough situation. It doesn't cover the sense that no one pays attention to it. It just reaches out to help. That's Love. Do you realize, you know, saying things like this, do you realize what you're doing? Do you see how the destructive it is? But love doesn't give up. It doesn't cut off. It works through. It restores. It takes time, attention. Love never fails. That's important when dealing with reconciliation and conflict resolution is there's got to be a spirit of gentleness and love flowing in any kind of conflict. Otherwise, uh, that conflict can never be resolved. There can never be res restoration of relationship. And, you know, there may likely be consequences to uh, some things are destructive. But love, again, doesn't give up and says, you know, you're just out of my life. I cut you off. That's not love. And so those two things don't cancel each other out um, just because we cover a multitude of sins um, doesn't mean we don't, uh, you know, deal with, deal with the consequence of sins. First Corinthians three, five in a different version of the Bible, the NASB version, uh, it says does not act unbecomingly. Love does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account wrong suffered. So love takes no account. It's not adding a list. The new living translation says love keeps no record of being wrong. So love is not taking account. It just cares about the person, wants God's best, wants to be an avenue of God's best. Love is giving uh, our best, wanting the other person to be blessed. It, and again, it doesn't exclude uh, a reproof or a rebuke or an admonition or exhortation or a chastisement, but
but it would need to be loving and not nasty and mean and <laughs> jealous and, um, you know, vengeance, but fervent love, love that has a fire and urgency. And, you know, I have, I have some friends and ministry partners and co-laborers in Christ that I just have a real, true, fervent love. I literally, right at this moment, if I got a call and they were in trouble, I'd book a flight, I'd drop in my car, and I'd, I'd get there, and I'd help. I really would. I believe that's not even in my DNA, but it's something that God has done in my spirit. And I'd like to have that toward anyone and everyone, especially my flock here, my church. You know, I was just over with uh, my one of my elders, and he's seventy five, and he's a he's a hairstylist up in Aspen, and he also does my hair. He cuts my hair, and I was just getting my hair cut with him just a few minutes ago. And I mean, I love this man as a like a father to me. And just, he's just so gracious, kind, gentle. He's easy, easy to love. But, you know, uh, I sensed, you know, at his age, actually, he's older than 75 now. I think he's 77. He's pushing 80. Let's just put it that way. And, and because he does live right down the street from me, I think God really placed on my heart that I will care for this man uh, in his uh, latter years as he begins to wind down, I'm going to care for him. And I think it's the love that God has put in my heart uh, because he's been a partner in Christ and we're just, we're connected like that. But I want that toward everyone. I think it's a process. It's not just like a, a boom and then you're instantly totally filled with absolute love. Uh, you kind of grow and mature by grace. It's a process. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not under condemnation. Devil's whispering in my ear, reminding me, yeah, you ain't, you ain't loving. What about that person or this person? Well, none of us are totally, but we're growing in that direction. It's an aim. It's a, it's a, it's a direction we're growing in. And I want to be a, a more loving person. And I know you as well think this way, uh, that the word of God, that we would have a conviction and be convinced as our Christian walk goes on, we will grow more and more uh, as those that are vessels or instruments or channels of the love of God would come upon us in us and be shed abroad in our hearts and flow, you know, and, uh, you know, my flesh early on in my Christian walk, I would want to get out of the situation instead of love, which means I got to stick around. I would usually say, leave me alone, give me what I need. And, and I hope things work out well for you, but I'm out of here. I mean, that's the flesh. God wants us to have fervent love. How can I show care and encouragement to that brother, to that sister, to be kind to them, and, and to be part of God's best for them? You know, and and it's really awkward when you find ministry partners that are not, you know, I, I've had ministry partners in the past um, that they would do anything. I, I've just, I could think of them right now. My, my good friend, uh, Pastor Dave Shirley at the Bible College, man, he went, he turned around backward to just give me opportunity 
And another man that's like a spiritual father to me was Dave Shirley. And just, a, and I, I thank the Lord for him because I can call him on the phone right now and he'll pick up the phone and answer it. And he'll pray for me. He'll counsel me. You know what he'll always do though? He'll point me to Jesus. And he's a great uh, source of uh, love in my life. Anyway, there's people like that in your life, in my life. And just imagine a church where there's so much love and uh, we love each other. And that's what I want for our church. That's my measure of success for a church. It's not the bank account or the numbers or all of these outreaches and things like these and these events. I appreciate all of that. I think that can flow out. But if we don't have a healthy uh, body where love flows, I pray that that's what the word of God does with people. John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. So a very interesting thing right now going on in our community locally. This is the summer. And in the summer, you have, um, you might be listening to this podcast some other time. Maybe you're listening in the winter. But in the summer in Colorado, there are dangers of wildfires. Some two young people were at the shooting range doing what you do at a shooting range. They were shooting their guns. But one of their guns had what are called tracers in it. The tracers, you shouldn't be using those during the fire season because they can go into the brush and start a fire. And that's what happened. And the whole community wants to crucify these two young people in their 20s. I pray and I talk to my church about it, that we are going to embrace and love these two, the entire community, because it did set the forest on fire and it affected a lot of homes got burnt and people got upset and it was an accident. Yes, it was stupid. And yet we need to love people and we need to show love to those that have made mistakes and we don't want to, uh, I mean, people are, are brutal. They want, they're printing out photos of them and putting them on like the, um, in a restaurant or in a public location and say, you know, you're not welcome here. We're not going to serve you here. I mean, this is what people want the community to do. They're saying we need, you know, they're walking around with these photos and saying, here, can I put these up in your place if they come in don't serve them <laughs> most owners are saying no get out of here take that away what's the matter with you you know and I'm, I'm thanking god for the owners have common sense but there are some mean brutal people in this world and you know now that's on social media on twitter on facebook and things like that and i, I mean we, we want to love those people but but i also want to love these poor two kids that are in their 20s that made the mistake and boy are they condemned i mean they were uh, actually arrested because of the public outcry. And uh, when initially they were just, you know, given a, a summons to appear in court and deal with their misdemeanor. Now it's just accelerated or um, escalated, I should say, to a felony. And anyway, that's shouldn't be coming from Christians. And it, and the sad part is you're hearing it among the Christian people that people want justice rather than mercy. And I'm saying, let's be merciful. Let's love these people. And John 13, 34 is a little bit different because this is internal. This is inside the family of God that the outside world will know 
We are God's people because we love one another. Doesn't exclude loving the ones around us that aren't believers. But uh, this is not really, it says, I give a new commandment to you. Well, the Old Testament commanded us to love one another. But it's a newness, a freshness, a profoundness, because it's as I have loved you. Um, You know, nobody really has experienced God with us as in the fact of Jesus or Emmanuel who pitched his tent among us in the Old Testament, the way uh, God's firsthand, um, you know, presence among us in human form as Jesus. And so it's kind of a new commandment in that sense. He died for us on the cross and he would be born again in a new commandment, love one another. And here's what's added, as I have loved you. No more better demonstration like the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for us when he died on the cross. And that's the love he's calling us to. Love one another. It's sacrificial. It's dying for self. And it's always other centered. So by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And, uh, you know, if you know so much about the Bible, a lot of people are impressed by that. And they might say that about you. But it. Um, you and I, uh, we need love. We need to be a follower of the Lord. And that's the ultimate demonstration. I see how you guys teach the Bible and know the Bible and, 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 but you need to love each other. And that by this all, um, people will be convinced that we are children of God because of our genuine love. And that is the ultimate apologetic for our testimony of faith, the supremacy of love. First Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. We're wrapping this up. I'm going to keep on going here. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves um, uh, are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are all in Macedonia. But we urge you brother that you increase more and more. And that's what I'm thinking of is that there would be a, yes, there's love flowing, but there would be a multiplication, a continuing uh, flow, uh, unhindered, unrestricted flow through my life as a channel to flow the love of God, that I would not get in the way and clog this vessel, that I'd have love for one another, especially my brothers and sisters in Christ. And when Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he said, concerning brotherly love, you really don't need that I write to you because you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And there was a a cause that God flowing in a life, it's just going to be supernaturally natural that there's going to be love toward the brethren in the whole region. And we urge you to increase more and more. You know, I'm teaching outdoors at church in the park all summer. I love doing that. We're outside because we're a, a small micro ministry, small church. We're very nimble and we're able to go just make a decision and do stuff as a team, as a ministry, and there's not a lot of bureaucracy and we can just be, we can flow with the Lord putting something on our hearts. And we've made a decision to just 
do church in the park all summer. And, you know, there's these, a lot of tourists come through this town and uh, we've got these, uh, uh, this Chinese couple, older couple, their son owns a Chinese restaurant right there on the block where we're doing church in the park. Um, and so they just, every, they don't speak one word of English, but there is a bond. There's love shining through these two. And so we've got an app, you know, there's an app for that where we're translating English to Chinese. And, and, you know, I come to find out that these are good, godly Chinese Christians and they're visiting their son and they just show up to church and they can't, you know, they know we love the Lord and they're there and and they're trying to enter into fellowship and they're, you know, translating the teaching and the music and, and uh, wow, that's so awesome. Um, I've faced that in different countries as well, where, you know, somebody by their love but you don't know by language and it's just interesting because you know there's a language barrier but as christians in as as christians uh we have a testimony of god's love being shown through us and don't be discouraged um that this says here we urge you brethren that you might increase more and more we have room for improvement I know there is in my life and I'm just going to urge you to, to increase more and more in brotherly love for one another. And I think that's a, an important thing. And may the Lord make you increase verse 12, first Thessalonians three twelve, and abound in love to one another, just as we do uh, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and all saints. And it's so uh, just an, uh, an abounding, um, w- increasing love for one another. Love, remember, is an action. And it's the Holy Spirit. May he bear much fruit, overflowing, abounding love toward you. In Jesus' name, amen.